Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hap hits a fly ball to left. This ball is going to be caught by Benson. And the ball game is over. The Reds beat the Cubs on this Friday afternoon. The final score, nine to nothing, Cincinnati. Sucks to be them. That was Friday. That was yesterday. Right here on these very airwaves. Oh my God. There was a part of that game, not the part where they were kept getting no hit, but there's a part of that game that I want to bring you later that I thought was just wonderful. It was exactly what. When you have a warm day, when you're listening to baseball on the radio, it was what baseball on the radio should be. Meanwhile, Saturday Suckage on the radio, 708 Texter, do, do your boy, do your boy. I don't always get to listen to weekend radio, but when I do, I'm glad it's Saturday Suckage. I see what you did there. A lot of people weighing in on the Scotty Pippen comments, <clears throat> largely agreeing, selfish. Phrase asshat was used in one of the texts, and I'm not disagreeing with any of that. Someone made the point, yeah, wait, how is he still selling bourbon if not for the last dance? Talk about being relevant. I wish I'd said that. That's <clears throat> texture that's the highest compliment I can pay is it's good enough to steal. That's the way it works in this business. Welcome and welcome back. Saturday Suckage. We're going back to the score hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. We welcome to the show Cubs Insider, the editor in chief of Cubs Insider. He is Evan Altman. Evan, talk about this team that has climbed to within six games of 500. And what are we doing here? Oof. Yeah, do we have to talk about the Cubs. I yes, mean, I can, we I do. Can go in on Scotty Pippen. Oh, okay, somebody, somebody who named his site Cubs Insider is rarely brought on to talk about Pippen bashing. I mean, we could yeah. certainly do that. Everybody gets a shot at the Pippen pinata. We can do that at the end. However, now are we at the point where the Cubs season is so dire that Justin Steele is never allowed to have a bad outing and Ever, anywhere, anytime, is that what it's come to? Well, you know, the, the thing about it, the, the, it's probably good. It's not good that he had a, a bad outing, right? But it's not like it would have mattered when you're getting no hit through most of the game and nobody seems to be able to do anything offensively. Uh, you know, he again, he could have pitched a gym and it probably would not have mattered at that point. So maybe it's good. It uh, it, it kind of obscured what looked 
certainly on paper was a really questionable lineup against a guy in, in Hunter Green who has massive reverse splits. Right? It was just a very – and I know they're privy to more more data than what we are on the outside, and there's a lot of other factors that go in. You know, who's feeling good today? Maybe somebody's nicked up a little bit and they, they have to sit. Um, but it just on the surface when you see things like that, and this has happened kind of frequently – it, it looks at times as if whether it's the roster or the lineup, there are enough flaws in there that, that as you said, if there's a slip up from the starter, and we've certainly seen those from a few of the starters, they're, they're already apparently at a disadvantage. So there's just not much margin for error with this team. And um, I, I think we saw them performing at a really, really high level early, like better than what anybody expected. Now they're kind of at the worst end of that. Uh, the water will find its level. This team is not what they were in April. They're not what they are in May. Maybe June will see them kind of even out a little. Evan Alban is my guest, Cubs insider. You're listening to some Cubs talk here on The Score. We'll have the Cubs game for you at 540 this afternoon as the pregame, and they'll play the evil dreaded Reds again. So explain the reverse splits and go back to what what you believe. Is, is it David Ross's fault? You think David Ross doesn't understand numbers and math and that kind of stuff? Because stories are the Cubs will print out 200 pages worth of why your lineup should be like this. So what do you think is taking place? Yeah, I mean, I think, so when we look at somebody, you know, normally, right, a a right-handed pitcher is going to perform better against right-handed batters and and vice versa with lefties. Um, but, But Green, at least heading into yesterday, um, righties were hitting 320 against him with a 983 OPS, and he had allowed eight homers. He still only allowed eight homers because the Cubs obviously didn't put one out on him. Um, <laughs> and uh, and six of those were hit by righties. You know, but the Cubs had not only did they have five left-handed batters in the lineup, but Mike Talkman was kind of inexplicably moved up to the three spot, and then he had at the bottom of the order was Mervis, Mastroboni, and uh, and Tucker Barnhart. So the three lefties, seven, eight, nine, you know, rolling over into the top. So it just it, it didn't appear to be a lineup that was constructed to be able to do damage. Now part of that, Green doesn't always last very long. He's not the most efficient pitcher. So maybe they're thinking, hey, we want to try to hopefully once we get past him, which again they clearly didn't, and that didn't work. Um, you know, maybe they were hoping to get into one of the bullpen arms from the Reds, who's no good against lefties. I don't know, but I feel like that kind of chess is, is moving a little too far forward. But at the same time, you know, you're looking at it saying, well, okay, but Patrick Wisdom is, you know, like, oh, for the last two weeks and not always great against high fastballs. Uh, okay, so maybe we switch that up to get some guys who put in a good plate appearance, wear them down. There's a ton of data that they've got that goes way beyond what I can look at when I look at the splits on fan graphs. But on paper, it didn't look great. And then we, we saw those results kind of borne out in the, in the result of the game. Looking at that division, I do. Do you wish the Cubs were in the AL East because then there would be no contest and they would be more focused? Do you think that they're in that front office with a team that was built on defense and pitching, old school? They saw Jed Hoyer saw great value where other people didn't. You know, this money still money ball approach still works in that identifying an undervalued spot and buying all the stock you can. And this pitching a defense is really good in cold weather. And now it's going to start warming up. Even before it really started warming up, the Cubs gave up nine to the Reds. Do you do you think that there's a 
maybe scattered approach is the wrong phrase, but maybe there, there's too much, there's a distraction, there's the threat of, God, we could really compete because the division's so bad. What would we have to do to do that? But that might get us away from what we're, we're really headed. Do you think there's some of that going on? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there is something to be said for the idea that good is the enemy of great. Um, that, you know, if you if you only have to do good enough, well, then what's, you know, that may prevent you from, from taking that next step. Um, but I think there's also the idea that it that it is, you know, baseball, unlike, let's say, the NFL, where parity is king and you can really turn it around uh, quite a bit faster, you know, with a, a great draft and a couple of uh, timely signings, it's really tough to turn things around from where the Cubs were. And I do think there's an idea that the, you know, the, the current they're swimming against right now is not that strong. Right, they've lost two in a row. They've gained. They've lost no ground in the division despite losing. All these teams are kind of bunched up in the middle, and, and Milwaukee isn't going to run away with anything anytime soon. So you know, you do get that idea that maybe in, looking forward to the schedule in June, maybe this isn't a, a great plan because they they started out. I mean, they end this month with the Rays, and then they start out with a, a ten game roadie out to uh, to the West Coast for June. But if they turn things back to even something close to April, you know, you can get in there, you can make some noise and, and maybe that creates a buy trade at the, at the deadline and, and that gains a little bit more momentum. So I don't know that it'd be better for them to be in a tough division because at that point, then do you see any progress? Um, does that look even worse? And, uh, and then there was really no hope whatsoever. So I like the idea that they could still make noise. Right. And I, and I hope, I sincerely hope that's the case. Um, but I do think that they put themselves in a position to where there's precious little margin for error. And right now we're seeing that on just about a daily basis. Well, I was hoping the angels would be worse than they are. They're remarkably four games over 500. And I, I, I never really expected that. And I had lobbied two months ago for them to trade for Shohei Otani. Certainly they got the billionaire who's got the money. It's whether he wants to pay it or not. Because you're you're paying for a number three hitter and a number one pitcher, and the Cubs need both of that. They need left-handed power. They need, what do you think it would take? Can, let's just play this game. What do you think it would take if they were going to trade Ooh. Shohei Otani? Um, boy, it would be a lot. Obviously, I mean, I, I think you're looking at a combination of if we, if we kind of pick from the top of the start from Owen Casey. I'm, I'm sure the angels would ask for Pete Crow Armstrong. That's I think an obvious ask. I, I think the Cubs are, would be very reluctant on that side, but you're looking at some guys like Owen Casey, Brennan Davis has lost a little bit. I think Miguel Amaya is not a guy that'd want to move, but then you start looking at how about Ben Brown? How about Hayden Wisniewski, right? Some of these top pitchers. Um, and then you're looking at guys like uh, Kevin Alcantara, right? That's somebody, a top outfielder. They're going to have to be looking at, um, I think your minimum four to five prospects, um, probably a major league ready guy, um, at least one. I mean, it, it's going to take a lot. And then, you know, bear in mind, it, it's not just the trade. You're going to have to be fully convinced that you can sign into an extension mm-hmm. because of the position the Cubs are in right now. It does them zero good to have a slightly better shot at the postseason of doing anything. Uh, and then if you lose them, and now you lost all of those four or five prospects in the in the works, uh, and uh, you know the other side is you're going to have to pay the guy five hundred million dollars. So um, at, at this point in the game, 
I don't know that it makes much sense for him just because of the added cost that, that it's going to take. And, and then if you lose all that, now you're kind of starting back over to where they were a few years ago. But it, it will the, the haul, if he's traded, the haul will be massive. Well, that's fine. I have no – I all, every time I hear about these kinds of things, and I know that you can be cra- – the Angels have been crappy with Trout and with Trout and Otani. They're less crappy this year. So I know that it could be – it could bottom out. You could just be awful, and you could have this little – this wonderful showpiece and nothing else to go with it. But I keep thinking about the time the Bulls, and I'll let you rant on Pippen in a moment, but I remember the time the Bulls were in play for Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. And people were, oh, my God, but you can't give up Lou all day. And it's like, oh, my God. Seriously? Okay, Pete Crow Armstrong, I'll drive you to the airport. I'll be your Uber driver. I'm getting the greatest ball player in history. I'm going to start there. The fact that the they did nothing with the Angels and they did it with the greatest, you know, with Mickey Mantle 2.0 with Trout just means the Angels are bad and stupid. They're badly run. Now I'm going to give the Cubs more credit for that. But the idea of like, well, I don't want to, I don't know about Pete Crow Armstrong. I don't know about giving up, right? He's a guy, when you talk about the greatest ball player of all time, He's got an ERA and he's got a batting average and he bats third. It's like, how could you not do this? Oh, and I fully agree. I mean, I, I think, and the other, the other thing that's, you know, if you, if you talk about the value, not only on the field, but how many tickets is this guy going to sell? How big is he going to make your team in the Japanese market and other Asian markets, right? Where in the, in the Cubs have experienced some of that in the past, but this is a guy who's going to put butts in seats, put eyeballs on the television, day in and day out because he's playing one role or another, maybe both every day. I mean, it's, it's incredible. And so I'm all for it. I, I think the issue is the, especially with the Cubs, right? If you're a team that's kind of on the border right now, maybe getting a little bit better. Can you lock that in? You may, you only make that trade. If you know for certain you can extend him before the end of the season and lock him in. And if they can do that, yeah, give him whatever they want because he's worth it. Okay, now take your, before I let you go, Evan, I'm, Evan Altman is my guest, Cubs insider, but everybody gets a swing at the Pippin Pinata. so go! Man, I I was, yeah, I, I would love to say all kinds of nasty things, but I just, dude's got to be in a bad place, though, because when you're out there saying Michael Jordan was a horrible <laughs> player before I got there, I mean, I'm just... He's just, he's just unserious. I think that's the problem I have with it. It's like we've crossed over into just, come on, man. My, Michael Jordan was a horrible player. Sure, buddy. Okay. You know, so when maybe maybe if we get uh, the Ben Affleck and uh, um, Matt Damon treatment of the Scottie Pippen story, maybe that's coming out next year, you know, the sequel to Air, and they can just do it and, and show how Pippen's a uh, couple years. I mean, hey, he won the All-Star Game MVP. Right, he scored like thirty-three points in that one All-Star game without Jordan. So, good for him. Yeah. Good, for, good for you, Scotty. I hope you're selling that bourbon. Well, they, they, after they do Air, they'll do Airhead, and that's how we'll yeah. do this thing. Evan, thanks for your That'll time. Work. Thanks uh, for your time. Care. Have a good weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Evan Altman, Cubs Insider, CubsInsider.com. Talking Cubs here. We're gonna take a break. We get back, Bears, Bears, my friend, for the man who covers the Bears for the score. We'll talk offensive line and Justin Fields and what he heard, what Mark heard. We'll ask Mark what he heard, and Mark Grody will tell us. I'm Steve Rosenblum, Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Oh, hi, Mark. 
It's Saturday Suckage on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. We're just going to let the music go until Mark shows up. That's what we're going to do. Dirty Frank. Well, let me tell you about our broadcast plans Memorial Day weekend. Tune in on Memorial Day, Monday, as we are live from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with Steve Rosenblum. Hey, I know him. And Mike Esposito. Hey, I know him too. And then at 10 to 12.45, the score brings you Mark Grody. Hey, I know him. Cubs will play the Rays. Pre-game starts at 12.45. Gabe Ramirez will be following the Cubs post-game until 8 p.m. Download the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Search 670 The Score and hit play. Plus, you can find us, The Score, on your smart speaker. Just tell your device to play 670 The Score. And we're going to play Where's Mark? Did we find Mark? Caesar? did we find Mark? Mark! Steve! Look at that. I could do you one better, too, about the Memorial Day holiday on Monday. Not only will you and Espo be hosting a show together, mm-hmm. and I will be hosting the show at 10 o'clock, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. but I have been told as well that we will be doing the traditional transition. So I will get to talk to you and Esposito on Monday morning. So that is something to look forward to. Well, we're then we're talking now. Is this practice? Is this like is. The, the pregame? Is this a transition pregame? Can we can we slide Espo in? Let's just try a little Espo. Then we'll get we'll get him in, get him out, be like, okay, it's like a wedding rehearsal. It's not gonna be too formal. Right. We're gonna we're gonna be loose about it, but then come Monday, everybody yeah. better be ready. Right. Well, transition, it's serious stuff. Serious speaking of serious stuff, Bears. 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 Yes, let's so, talk bears. So, Mark Grody was up there. They did the OTAs. They're doing the OTAs. They show up, then they don't show up, and then they show up, and they practice against air. And what is it, what jumped out at you? What was important or what's worth following? What do you give some credibility, some credence to? Well, it was good to see DJ Moore out there and just his presence i mean there isn't a ton that's going on in terms of the actual scrimmages or seven on seven because so much of it is just position group stuff but to see his presence and to just kind of see a guy who already kind of looks like he knows what he's doing and integrating well into the team and then go out there for whatever it's worth there was a really nice connection between justin fields and dj moore on about a 40 yard play to the sideline, a double move by DJ Moore, and Justin Fields hit him there. So I just love the instant credibility, the instant this guy knows what he's doing, and that is different from what the the roster that the Bears built last year where you're trying to figure out who these guys are, what they can produce, and if there's anything in them to be productive at all. Immediately this year, I just think DJ Moore is symbolic of, okay, Things are different. This is not necessarily a playoff team or a winning team, but suddenly there is there's your John Lester. You know what I mean? There's your there's your John Lester walking out there and like giving credibility, maybe to a team that's a little bit early. But it was good to see him out there. And also, quite frankly, 
it was really cool to see Tremaine Edmonds. You know, I mean, we, we we've seen him play for Buffalo. We know that he is a good linebacker. It was good to see him having fun out there and really showing, like, being very vocal leadership role and making an interception as well. And then he talked too afterwards about how he is in, likes the idea of being a leader and then, you know, was respectful towards the other guys in that regard. So I think that they're, you know, to, to sum it up and, and what stood out at OTAs, just a different credibility on the field, I think, is what stands out, Steve. And that's important. That's great. Has, is it too early to start asking Tremaine Edward, Edmonds about uh, comparisons to Justin Fields and Josh Allen? Should we do that already? No, I think we should do that. I think we should also ask Tremaine Edmonds about com- his comparisons to Brian Urlacher because <laughs> Tremaine Edmonds is also like Brian Urlacher, <laughs> tall. He's Since he's 6'5", and, and he's fast, and then that means that he is yeah, involved. <laughs> and middle well, linebacker. Edmonds is not bald. Uh, oh. He's got very long hair, oh, that's actually. that's right, he does. Yeah, I'm, yeah he's, he's thinking of. I, I'm not sure you're thinking of, but wow. yeah, Tremaine Edmonds has extra hair. He's got great hair, actually. Yeah. So that's that's his thing. But um, yeah, I mean the 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 comps to Erlach are always hilarious and all that kind of stuff. But we'll see. I mean, like I said, it, it's credibility. I don't know what if they're going to be good, but there is there is a different credibility on that field. Well, that's that's a nice part of it. I would ask you about the. I'm glad to see. As DJ Moore said, I just pitch and catch after that on that one play that you referenced. <laughs> no problem. But is that whoever he put the double move on is is that guy going to be in uniform or is that guy <laughs> is that guy going to be asking you on paper or plastic on there? Uh, you know, I don't even know. There's 90 guys out there, so there's going to be there's a lot of guys who right. might be asking paper or plastic at some point in time. Yeah. So the the offensive line. We we know, I believe we know what it looks like, right? It's, it's Jones, uh, it's Jones Jenkins, white mm-hmm. hair, mm-hmm. the whatever the the proxy for Nate, Nate Davis is. And Probably Nate Davis. It was Jatari Carter, the second year man, and then um, <clears throat> the draft pick, and that's the way it's going to go. The, oh, you're not going to say his name the until draft he's pick. the, no, the, the you draft know, Red, pick, Red, number fifty-eight, Red Fisher. The legendary writer for the Montreal Gazette refused to interview any Canadians rookies. <laughs> they had to be in their second year. Oh he my refused God. to interview any Canadian. And then all of a sudden, Patrick Waugh is the goaltender for a team going oh. to the Stanley Cup champion. Stanley Cup finals, and he, he had to talk to him. Patrick Waugh, yeah. That <clears throat> Yeah, that rookie. He's over it's there. Weird. I'll tell you the, 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 the weirdest thing about Darnell Wright, and what we could talk about where they're using him and all that kind of stuff, but he's number 58. That's a wild number because it's a pretty, like, 58 was Roquan Smith's number. 58 um, was, who's my, uh, I'm, I'm having a total mental block on my favorite, one of my favorite, Wilbur Marshall. Wilbur Marshall was 58. Oh. Yeah, so it's like it, it's an odd number to see him out there. But Darnell Wright, I mean, the the thing about him in in the OTA, what I liked about it, and what what is a little bit different from last year, is that they're not screwing around with him. That he was put right in at right tackle. There was nobody ahead of him. They're not like, oh, we're gonna keep the rookie second string for now. Oh, we're gonna pop him around. We're gonna try him at left tackle. We know we're gonna throw him inside. No, 
They put him right at right tackle, and I get it. It's just one OTA, and that's all we get. We get one OTA a week. You know, they practice. <laughs> they practice a few days a week. We get one day to watch these guys. So take it all with a grain of salt. And anything we're talking about with one day OTAs and all of that, but it was re- it was good to see them not screwing around with the offensive line. And you know, we, I, if you want to take issue with Braxton Jones being a left tackle. That's totally cool because I have taken issue with it. Um, I think w- I, if you want to take issue with Tevin Jenkins moving to left guard and leaving it open to Nate Davis, who wasn't even there, that's fine. But it, there, there was something about it that that felt static and like stay the same, be right, and hopefully that will be a thing of the future. I do think Nate Davis will, you know, he'll be in camp, training camp. That is, and who knows? Maybe he'll maybe he'll be there next week and playing right guard it was nice to see i mean jatari carter who was a bears what was he a was he a fifth round pick last year no he was a seventh round pick out of southern got a little playing time last year it, w- it was interesting to see that with nate davis not being there that it was okay the guy that they're putting in here and, and uh, jatari carter is not going to be a starter on opening day but it was good to see that they obviously they see something in Jatari Carter, um, and Ryan Poles digs his seventh round offensive lineman, <laughs> and and your guy old Doug Kramer from Illinois was back out there too. A lot of people people you know, I've had people intermittently asking me about him over the last. Hey, okay, how's, how's Doug Kramer from the area? How's he doing? The center from Illinois, he's back out there. So and he's still a center, and he's still a center, and he's still and he's a center. Still That's what I can tell you. He's still Doug Kramer. He's still from Chicago. And you know who knows, man. With with Cody White here at center, which I'm uh, probably the best option right now. I agree with that, but I'm just not completely comfortable. We'll, we'll see what's in store for Doug Kramer. I'm not predicting old Doug Kramer to be starting on opening day either, or young Kramer to be starting either. Well, he is very young actually, but for some reason, old is with a name like Doug Kramer. It just sounds like your old friend, so that's why I call him old Doug Kramer. There you go. I yeah. I here's what I take issue with. The whole idea of people calling it the no excuses tour for Justin Fields. There is an excuse everywhere on the offense. I think it is a weak way to approach what's going on. First of all, you ignore the fact that this was at least a two-year rebuild, if not a three-year rebuild. And this would only be the second year of that. Second of all... We went through this with Jay Cutler. Remember everybody, everything yeah. that happened. Every yes. position was an excuse for Jay Cutler. Oh, offensive line. Out, yes. Well, okay. We just went through the offensive line, and you created an excuse all the way down the offensive line. You did that in your analysis of the offensive line. Everywhere you look, there's an excuse. Either, but first of all, because they're different, you've created an excuse because. They won't know each other. And the excuse will be, well, they, you know, by next year, they'll really know each other well. He'll get, they'll know each other's tendencies. They'll know each other's speed. They'll, well, really? Justin Fields might not be here next year. The, the whole idea of the no excuses tour is stupid. Don't say that ever. I won't let you say that. Okay? Okay, I won't say that. I, I think it sounds really dumb. It's almost as bad as the Aerosmith Peace Out tour, uh, which is actually happening. 
the really? tour. They're calling it the Peace Out Tour. Like I, that's cool. This is your Aerosmith going one last dance through the country and all that. I get it. They're Not old. Not the man. last dance tour. They didn't want to all wear blue no, no. jerseys. <laughs> but maybe maybe the last dance with Mary Jane tour. Oh. I mean, because that's it. Oh no, wait. They're sober now. They're one of those boring sober bands now. Yes. Aerosmith. But yeah, they're doing that. They're doing that tour, and that that's probably possibly possibly the cheesiest sounding tour name i've ever heard the peace out tour but i imagine justin fields he probably looks has heard that utter the no excuses tour justin fields privately must be going really hold on a second yeah hold on on a second (laughs) hold on a second this this is the offense that's going to get me to the super bowl time out i don't i don't think so Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's be- I mean, it is better, but there's no I mean, you can't look at this still can't look at this offense and say, yep, now it's a representative <laughs> NFL offense and it's yeah. going to take off because we don't know. I mean, I'm positive that DJ Moore is going to be good, assuming health, but I'm not positive that Chase Claypool is going to be good. I'm not positive how healthy Darnell Mooney is. Go- he wasn't out there the other day. So, I, I mean, I'm not positive that. um that you're going to have Bayless Jones like pick up where he left off last season. So there's still a lot of questions to be answered. You know, Khalil Herbert, it's his show. I mean, I think the running back room looks pretty good with Dante Foreman and Travis Homer, um, you know, and obviously Khalil Herbert. But to, to say, to your point, Stevie Sunshine, the the idea that they're that they're set and they're locked and loaded and the No Excuses Tour is ready to roll, the big buses are coming out there and everybody's ready. No, no. There's still some excuses until further notice. They're all over the place. I love your image. The idea, <laughs> Justin Fields is gonna. He's reaching for the red flag. He's got the challenge flag on the flag. <laughs> Wait a minute. What? No excuses to her. Yeah. What? What did we turn into the Eagles? What? What happened here? <laughs> what just, yeah, that was I the mean, hell freezes over tour. Yeah. There's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of things that are looking encouraging on paper for the Bears. There's a lot of things that are objectively better for the bears but to say that the offense is excuse proof is is ridiculous and silly and insane one of the things you heard for we're talking with mark grody covers the bears my friend bears, bears. score bears. one of the things you you heard from justin fields and i don't know what stock you put in you spent the whole season hearing from him last year i did i don't know what he said i don't know what stock you put into it last year how different he sounds and what you make of it. But I just wanted to give you the opportunity to talk about it in case it meant something for the way he sounded or the things he talked about this week. He sounded the same. I mean, he he's still not going to go up there and try to put on a show or in any way, you know, schmooze the media or anything like that. So he's still very reserved it's again you have to learn with justin fields and that it's none of it's personal it's just the way he is and um you know but but i mean some of the things that he said i liked like specifically and you know here we go this this is just words so i understand people listening roll their eyes but you know he did talk about chase claypool in a way that I don't think he spoke about or anybody spoke about Chase Claypool last year. And he talked about how basically saying, oh, man, this guy is a different person. He's really improved. 
you know, as which which you know you can look at very obviously and say, okay, something was really missing last year. Something was not Production. good. Yeah, Chase Claypool was not good in any way, shape, or form. I think is what Justin Fields was saying. You know, he didn't say that, but he said, just whoa, my God, is he different? Oh, good. I mean, that's a pretty good way of saying oh, things kind of sucked last year. Uh-huh. Um, and so it was nice. To hear that, I asked him specific. I did ask the question, kind of what you're asking. I said, you know, it's year three for you. Are you, you know, comfortable? You know, he, the answer would feel the most comfortable he's ever felt um, in every way, shape, or form. So saying the right things, um, you know, he's, he talked about his his comfort level with DJ Moore. You know, DJ Moore talked about that as well. And, you know, nothing, you know, they're not going crazy, you know, hyperbole. It's just like, hey, we're getting to know each other. And obviously they made a really nice play together um, in the one OTA. But, yeah, it's it's the same Justin Fields. And I think that, you know what, I think Justin Fields, sometimes it's like he, he sort of like has the same pace as it, or what's in the fans' heads and maybe even in the media's heads that he just wants to get out there and show people. And I think he knows he's got to show people because right now it's all talk and he hasn't done enough yet to to really, you know, stand up there and be Mr. You know, uh, gregarious. Okay. All right. Well, I'm not asking him to do a stand-up act. He doesn't, he doesn't oh. give us a good five minutes for the Tonight Show. I'm not <laughs> asking that. You know what I mean, though? I mean, he's just right. like he's there to answer the questions and get the heck out. That, right. That's what he That's what he is there for. He is doing his responsibilities, which he follows through with. Um, he is thoughtful in some of his answers. But for the most part, sometimes it seems like he just wants to get out of there. And I know you do, too, so I'm going to give you this. I'm going to leave you with this. It was something okay. that would warm the heart of beloved, late beloved John Moon Mullen. Oh. Number 58 was worn by Jay Lewenberg. Former <laughs> Bears offensive. Jay Lewenberg. Oh, Moon would just, Moon, an offensive lineman, was all the requited love you could imagine. It wasn't uh, do, unrequited, I, it was requited. Wow. That Yeah, we're all requited to love offensive linemen. I did not know that. Jay Lewenberg was number 58. I just think of the 50s, and I know everything's messed up in the NFL now as far as the numbers go, right. but the 50s are linebackers to me, you know? Well, I'm just sharing that with you, Mark. Yeah, Steve. I, I, 50s are linebackers. That's what I said, okay? All right, Mark will be back at 945 or so on Monday on Memorial Day because we'll be doing transition. Me and Mike Esposito will be doing transition. It's suckage to suckage. You get wall to wall suckage. Steve. Should we should we just like call all your former suckage partners during that transition? Since since there'll be two of us there already, we could probably I, call Peruk. We could probably get oh, Randazzo on the horn. Uh-huh. Um who else? we get Burnfield, where's he? We could I have not talked to Jordan sure. Burnfield in way too long. I know. He's probably at home. Probably at home. Spiegel wants Maybe he's nothing doing... to do with us. No, Spiegel, once he got back locked into the regular lineup, it, he was like, no, I'm not talking to those guys anymore. <laughs> but he wants he's like, I, I had, Spiegel's like, I had to do every stupid weekend shift on this it's station. It's true. I know. Can it's you imagine? True. It, 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 is, it, it was, it was a, 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 a monument to, to endurance, what he did. With all oh. the different partners, and then showing up on the weekend doing every stupid show, 
and fewer stupider than suckage. And he a monument. That. What did you just call it? A monument. Monument to, to endurance. That is such a great line. A monument to endurance. That's Spiegel. Spiegel. That's yeah. Yeah, Good. yeah. He is because he just did it, didn't he? And then once he got back in there, so long, suckers. Yeah. New number. <laughs> Who dis? <laughs> See you, All man. right, thanks, Mark. Bye. Mark Grody covers the Bears with the score. And like I said, me and Espo will be here on Monday, Memorial Day, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Mark Grody will be here 10 to 12.45. That takes you up to Cubs-Rays pregame. And then the Cubs game. Gabe Ramirez will be following the Cubs postgame until 8 p.m. Download the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Search 670, the score, and hit play. Plus, you can find us on the smart speaker, too. Just tell your device to play 670 on the score. Next hour, I'll speak with Vinny Duber of CHGO talking about the Sox. And we'll do Joe Girardi was here on the score as a courtesy. Thanks to Marquis, we were brought Joe Girardi. He was on, with Par- on the Parkins and Spiegel show. I got a story about that before we bring you Joe Girardi. So after this break, we're going to come back with cultural zeitgeist talking about Cubs baseball on the radio. We're going to hear some of the best, what makes radio great, what makes radio, baseball on the radio great. There's a Hall of Famer to be, soon to be inducted, and he's talking with Ron Coomer, and it's spectacular. And then, it's it's not only Pat Hughes' birthday, but there's another Hall of Famer from Chicago. It's his birthday, too. We will bring you that. And some other cultural zeitgeist news. Saturday suckage. Thanks for spending part of Memorial Day weekend with me. Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. It's Saturday Suckage on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Saturday Suckage, Stevie Suckage. And so we have this web poll going. We have not updated it. We need you to update it, Caesar, Caesar Perez, producer who's been reduced to this. We do not know whose cornflakes he urinated in, but he is back. He is here. Caesar, we have. Where do people go to this the score Twitterverse thing? Sure, hit us up on uh, six seven at six seventy the score our, our Twitter uh, handle there. And so far today, with the question, what is this week's rapper's name for yours truly, Steve Rosenblum? Uh, Kendrick Lachaim. Lachaim. There we go. Kendrick Lachaim. Uh, trailing at the moment, thirty-two point five percent to looks like it's going to be the winner today. DJ Jazzy Jew was at sixty-seven and a half. Yeah, right see now. a lot of people getting jiggy with it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, All right. <clears throat> In our cultural zeitgeist portion of the program, this occurred yesterday right here on these very airwaves. And it is, again, a one of the joys of listening to baseball and radio. Maybe not everybody in the audience grew up with that. A lot of us did. You appreciate it now. And it happened to be Ron Coomer talking about, and plays going on, right? And But... Ron Coomer, who's in the booth with Pat Hughes, Hall of Famer-to-be, enshrined this summer. And they're talking about the bobblehead day, Billy Williams' bobblehead day. And Coom's got to get one. Coom and Zach Zaidman, we've got to get one, get it autographed. And, like, there's Hall of Fame stuff there. There's Billy Williams, one of the nicest men ever. But being on the radio is allows always seemed to be to me to be the joy to it it could go anywhere and it did and here was something from the second inning 
yesterday with Pat Hughes, Ron Coomer, Cubs Radio on the score. I was thinking on that Zach and I yesterday were kind of chuckling about the bobblehead and you know the statue bobblehead that they're doing for Billy and Zach said I want one of those and I go yeah so do I and we need to get them signed that was the other thing we want them signed for Billy and I started thinking about you know you, you Hall of Famers and uh, hmm. Morell swings and misses and the count one and two I would think that had to be a good phone call to get from, from the whistler absolutely I didn't really get it right away. He said 22 has been good for you. I thought, am I wearing a shirt with the number <laughs> in the back? And, and then he explained. <laughs> Unfortunately, he had to explain it to me. <laughs> Here comes the 2-2 pitch. Pulled on the ground of the hole at short. Backhanded by McLean. Long throw, good throw. He's got a good arm. And Morrell is going to be out number two. Cubs trail two to nothing. And the batter is Matt Mervis. Ball hit sharply in the hole by Morrell, and we haven't seen a lot of McLean, but boy, he went to the backhand side, catches this ball, plants that right foot, and he's got an arm. He threw a bullet across the diamond to get Morrell. Marvis hitting 211. He will take a strike. The great Bob Costas, I believe, was yeah. the very first person to call. How about that? And I picked up the phone. He said, I said, hello, Bob. He says, Pat. Don't you have anything better to do today than to talk to me? <laughs> so it was a very short conversation. <laughs> well, Bob, you are kind of in, we are in the middle of something. Could you call back later? Yeah, exactly. Here's a swing and a miss by Mervis, the count one and two. <laughs> I heard from my former partner in Milwaukee, Bob Euchre, within nice. an hour of yeah. getting the call from Cooperstown. Here's the one, two. And Bob had a funny line. I said, Bob, I do think since you were the first ex-player that I worked next to, I think I learned more baseball from you than any other person. He said, you know what? I should have tried to learn the game myself before I tried to teach you. That's just great. It's radio, baseball on the radio, and you have a Hall of Famer. Pat Hughes is wonderful. You get the play-by-play. -play. He and Coom have a wonderful <clears throat> relationship wonder just terrific repartee on the air and i just love that whole thing <laughs> the story the way pat hughes can tell a story it's pat hughes's birthday today it is another hall of famer's birthday today chicago hall of famer and here's a highlight from his career Left field. If it's there, it's out of here by a mile, and it is there. Well, that's one of the things a crowd of 50,000 comes to see. The big hurt, putting the hurt on the National League. How unusual is this? The first All-Star game played at Comiskey Park in 1933, and this is the first home run ever hit by a White Sox player. Tim McCarver wasn't so Captain Obvious, but that was Al Michaels. It was a 1995 All-Star game. Frank Thomas, he turns 55. Double nickel today, Frank Thomas, a big hurt. 55 today. And I will tell you this, because so much was made of, of, you heard Michaels and Tim McCarver. And Tim McCarver became Captain Obvious and just was devolved into almost a, a parody of himself when he was with Al Michaels 
and they developed, they extended the boundaries of what a play-by-play guy should do so that the analyst could get into more of it. I thought Al Michaels did it best, set a standard with Tim McCarver. Before Tim McCarver became a joke and a punchline and, and a parody of himself, listening to those guys do baseball and Al Michaels was smart enough to know if I go here, I can do the obvious stuff and we can let Tim do what Tim does. And it was great. Okay, ultra, also in the cultural zeitgeist, the, the, you saw the Reds or the, the Cubs and, and all sorts of position players were used yesterday. And the road teams had the greatest run differential day in baseball history since 1900. And certainly you had the Cubs and Sox part of it because the Cubs gave up nine runs to the road team and the White Sox as a road team scored 12 and they were a plus nine. Earlier in the week, when they have position players pitching because it's Toronto 20 and Tampa Bay 1, Luke Rayleigh's on the mound. And he's pitching to Vlad Guerrero. And he struck out Vlad Guerrero, who then took the ball and autographed it. Luke, comma, you got me. And he signed it, Vlad Guerrero. Oh, my goodness. I love that. Vlad Guerrero of a sense of time, sense of place. 29 years ago, we'll close. We'll close cultural zeitgeist with this. 29 years ago, at Cannes in France at the film festival, Pulp Fiction debuted. I don't know why Caesar was. You were a little surprised. 29 years ago, really? 30 years? Yeah. It still seems good and fresh, and it's it was legendary storytelling, a, a breakthrough way to to create a move to to bring a movie to life, to tell a story, to twist it around. And it featured some um the Tarantino group of tremendous actors. The sound of that movie for me has always been the guy in the first scene, the guy in this scene. Now I dare you. I double dare you. Say what again? English. Bleep, bleep, bleep. Do you speak it? This is some serious gore. Me, we, me and Vince would have been happy with <clears throat> Taster's Choice. But this is Jimmy got us some serious gourmet. Well, Samuel L. Jackson. Angry as he was in that whole thing. Angry as he was in that scene. Was not undue. It wasn't all acting. Because it turns out that during his audition for the movie, a crew member mistakenly called him Mr. Fishburne. (laughs) So he was angry. And he did have some fast food that he'd bought earlier, and he walked in with it. An executive later said he walked in and just started sipping that shake. I was scared bleepless. Somebody, (laughs) the, the motivation for part of that scene for Samuel L. Jackson, as it was called, 
Mr. Fishburne. But he would later go on. I want to say it was Letterman. And he would he would come to grips with it and learn and, and live with it. And in his way, Letterman goes, eh, Samuel L. What does the L stand for? And without missing a beat, Samuel L. Jackson said, Lawrence Fishburne. Gotta love that. All right. Take a break. When we come back, the 12-3 winners yesterday in Detroit, Tim Anderson, Joan Moncada. Hey, Andrew Vaughn. Look at you, Andrew Vaughn. He lives. Let's see how much this monster can live. We'll talk to Vinny Duber of CHGO, covers the White Sox, writes about him for CHGO. This is Saturday Suckage. Thanks for being here. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you. Say what one more time. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.